Welcome to Vox Vomitus, also known as Word Vomit. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Vox Vomitus. I am your host, Jennifer Ann Gordon, the author of Beautiful, Frightening, and Silent, Pretty Ugly, and the very recently released The Japanese Box and Other Stories. Joining me today, as always, is my Vox Vomitus vixen, um, or bear today. She's a bear. a bear today. She's a bear today. <laughs> Allison Martine, author of The Bourbon Books, which includes Dibs since September, Move on Melinda, and Climb the Salmon Ladder. Bears eat salmon. Bears eat salmon. It all <laughs> is comes full circle. <laughs> Joining us today from a secret location in the same state that I'm in uh, is Mr. Paul Tremblay, here to talk about the beast you are and other things, of course, um, which is why Allison's a bear and people who are watching <laughs> us on video, I'm wearing some kind of ears. Wolf, maybe. <laughs> well, thank you. I wish I, I dressed up, but I... <laughs> no. No, no yeah. you don't need to. <laughs> you wrote the book that inspired us to ask the burning questions today of who, which one is Allison and which one am I, Mads or Marath? <laughs> oh, and I feel like that is a good opening question, but but we should actually start more with, can you tell us a little bit about your collection, The Beast You Are, and then we'll get to the Mags and Maris question so people know what we're talking okay, about. Okay, sure. Um, yeah, so The Beast You Are uh, collects 15 stories and it's a, I don't know, it's a pretty, like from a, I don't know, a distance, an odd bunch of stories maybe, because there's some like really long ones and there's some very short ones. Um, yeah, so 14 of them, I guess, would be considered short stories. And the 15th story is a, a novella. Um, and it's the title novella. It's the same, has the same title as the collection. And, uh, and the novella is an anthropomorphic animal epic, <laughs> uh, told in free verse, the freest of all possible verse. Yes. Um, yeah. And I'd say like briefly, the theme would be, you know, with beast in the title, not every story has a, a monster or a beast in it, but you know, many of them do, or, you know, maybe it's sometimes it's the the humans acting monstrous, so a, a loose yeah. theme as well. There's a lot of self discovery with the characters in this entire collection too, which I loved, and maybe discovering they might have a hidden monster inside of them. Discovering they might be a bear in Allison's case. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, and to get, to get back to it, um, I've read other works by Paul, and we've talked to other people who had collections, and one of them recently had uh, Vince. Uh, I'm going to get his name, Lagano. 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 Vince Lagano on for Dark Rainbow Rising, Unspeakable mm. Horrors 3. And Paul had a short story in there, which was one of my favorites. And there was a bear well, in there. You. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm just bringing bears back because that's also another beast to, to bring it in here. Because we didn't have Paul on to talk to him about that because we just had the editor for that book. Right. So now I'm just like bringing in all of these. And we didn't have you on when Growing Things came out. And I oh, still have yeah. questions. So I might be okay. raising <laughs> about related things that Jennifer's like, stop it. We're not on that book. Like, We're not on that book. My memory is terrible. Here. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah, great. No, I was honored to be in Vince's uh, anthology. You know, again, honored that he asked me to participate. Um, and I ended up, I'm in a, you know, Airbnb rental right now on a lake in New Hampshire. So last summer's rental <laughs> became the setting for, for Vince's story. And yeah. I did actually see a, I did actually see a bear while I was up there. Did you really? Well, yeah. so <laughs> when I, so when we read your bear story, uh, when, when Vince was on the show, it was just a couple of weeks after I had looked out my window at my house and there was a bear like two feet away Whoa. from my yeah. window and I was like oh, completely overwhelmed and I'm like 
I'm a city girl. What am yeah. I doing out here now? Now, Lisa is, uh, my wife, Lisa is terrified of bears. And, and of course, TikTok serves her like all like bears breaking into people's houses videos, which makes it worse. Because she's like, they can open doors. They can open yeah. doors. They can lock themselves in your car. Yeah. Like a serial killer. And then you won't know they're there until they pop up in the back seat. I know because I saw that on Instagram. That's terrifying. Yeah. And I love yeah. bears, but no. <laughs> so I also love them because I don't live in a place where a bear is just going to show up. But my kid goes to a camp where bears do just wander in and they keep telling you, close the door all the way because then the bear won't wander through looking for snacks. Right. I mean, <laughs> going to cover the trash. We had, there was a bear that had wandered all the way down, like just south of Boston and actually was sighted in the town that we live in, which is ridiculous. Like, how is there a bear in our town? It was on the other side of town, which actually was more sort of populated. So, yeah, the bear's coming. Yeah. So, um, well, we're excited to see whatever you come up with next year to ruin uh, another vacation spot in New Hampshire. Um, as a New Hampshire native, I always let out a little shriek of kind of joy slash terror every time I see you post like in New Hampshire. And I'm like, yeah. oh, he's going to write something terrifying about that. But that's why you live in New Hampshire. Don't act like this is like, oh, no, I'm no. scared of this. Stuff. That's why you're there. That's on brand for you. You live in a haunted house. And now you're going to be scared because there's bears. And you're scared bears. of wildlife. Yes. Uh, well, I, I think the scaredest, scaredest texts I get from Jennifer are when there's something in the closet. It might be a bat. Like, I like bats. And Jen's like, it's in my closet. So I get it. So if you need some inspiration, I can just forward you texts that Jennifer has sent me late at night when she can't sleep. Yeah, well, I'm almost sure I'll take them. Uh, <laughs> I'm almost more afraid of bats at this point after doing Survivor Song because, yeah. like, if you and I mean, if you wake up and find a bat in your bedroom, you probably should just in case uh, get like a rabies vaccination because, yes. like, if a if a if a bat, I'm making bat. I know. Fangs. People are like, they don't know what that what they're doing. People are listening. <laughs> you, uh, like, what are they doing? Yeah, because <laughs> a, a bat could bite you, and you wouldn't know because their teeth are so small. But I, they could still give you rabies. And if you start showing symptoms for rabies, it's too late. It's so, too yeah. late. Yeah. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I was at a different place in New Hampshire where I was staying to work. And there was a bat in the my bedroom that I was staying in. And I screeched and ran out and closed the door. And yeah. then I immediately was like on Google That's looking me. it up. I did text you. Um, it was the middle of the night. So this, yeah. these are the texts she's referring to. Mm -hmm. And I was shocked when it was just like, if you are even exposed to a bat, you should get a rabies shot. And I'm like, because mm -hmm. <gasps> it looked at you. Yeah, no, if it just looks at you, you're probably okay. Yeah, I think it just looked at me. I wasn't asleep no. and woke up with it. I walked into the room to go to bed. And so if it's like in your hair and like Don't just flapping that. around in oh. your hair, then yeah. Get the See, but I'm shot. picturing this completely right. differently. Like you're sleeping and then you roll over and there's a bat smiling at you in the pillow. Like, I got you. <laughs> I got you. You're in the story. It. He's like, hello. <laughs> this interview has gone off the rails. Yeah, but there were no bats in. <laughs> there are the no bats in the beach. There yeah, are no, no bats. Stands. There are rats. Uh -huh. There are frogs. Yeah. There are little dogs, yeah, mean cats, mean cats, pencils, pencils, pencils. giant, giant <laughs> monsters, yeah. um, no, libraries, so, so, Paul, when you came up with the idea for the novella, The Beast You Are, you pitched that to your editor or your agent or whoever you pitched that to, probably your editor. What, what did they say? 
<laughs> um, they say, why free verse? Why I, anthropomorphic? I, uh, my <laughs> funny answer is like, I don't know because I never pitched anyone. I just did it and then showed it to them once it was done. I did the old don't ask for, ask for forgiveness, not permission kind of thing. Yep. Um, yeah. Well, part of it like was. Did you ever say the words in your head? I'm Paul freaking Tremblay. No. <laughs> so I, w- with that story, I, it, it, the bones of it have been kicking around in my head for a while, but I was like, really, I think for the first time in my life thought, oh, there's no way my publisher would let me publish a book like that. <laughs> so I just sort of pushed off the story for a while. Um, and then the spring of 2020, when we pitched the Paul Bearers Club to try to get a new book deal, um, I assumed you know, and hoped, I shouldn't say I assumed, I hoped they would offer you know, two, de- you know, two books, Paul Bearers Club and then the next novel. And I was surprised that my editor, when she made an offer, she's like, we want the Paul Bearers Club, we want another collection, which I didn't pitch, in another novel. So it's like, another collection? Oh, no. <laughs> I just really? use all my stuff in growing <laughs> Yeah, things. I was like, really? <laughs> like... Really? Where am I going to okay. find other things? Oh, so I guess I have a few stories that you know in, in the years since they've been published. Uh, but I was like, oh, I could you know for, you know to have something that hasn't been published yet or before, you know, new for the collection. I was like, oh, I can do this anthropomorphic animal thing. I'll do it as a novella. Um, yeah, so I was very excited to sort it's of sneak it in that way. Well, thank you. It, and it, it works much terrible. better if it works at all. It works much better as a novella. Um, yeah, so. When I turned it into my editor, she's like, oh, did you write any original stories? I was like, yes. <laughs> As a matter of fact, <laughs> yeah. she was it very takes funny. up half the book. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I know in page count, probably yeah. because of how it's spaced out with the mm-hmm. stanzas and whatnot. But like word count, it's 30,000 words in the collection is probably like a shade over 90,000. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, because so Jen and I had different experiences with it because she had the physical book and I listened to it and I just have to applaud. Mm. You had a great selection of narrators. So each one had a different feel. And I didn't know it was free verse because reading it, she was just reading me a story. So right. I think for anybody who's like, I'm not sure I can look at something like that, then listen yeah. to it. For people who are like, <laughs> I'm not sure I, I can look at weird. something. Look, I'm sorry. There are people about various things who are automatic no's about certain things and I read a book a while ago that I really enjoyed and somebody else was like it didn't have the right punctuation because it didn't use quotation marks didn't bother me because I listened to it so it's it's kind of the get around but we we will talk more about the beast you are but as far as you have a book a story in this book that has another automatic no for a lot of people and you nailed it oh second person you wrote in second person for the last and it was both of I'm pointing it's both of our favorites it's as far as the shorter ones it's both of our favorites and I've never had a second person POV work so well and there's a reason why it works and I don't want to spoil it for people but if people are like I don't know about second person or it feels like it's a choose your own event it's not it's not a choose your own (laughs) adventure but if it was that would still be cool do it Well, I already I already wrote my choose your own adventure for growing things, uh, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. Well, I mean, I don't want to like consult people listening to this. Like, I don't know why, as a reader, you would have any sort of rules. I mean, obviously, you have like your personal there are, likes. And there are people I know but, who are like, I won't read first, I won't read third, I won't read things in present tense. Stares at my books in first person, going, "Whoops!" You know, exactly. it's, it's there are people who are like that, and it's yeah. fine if an editor chooses that they don't want to edit something that way because it goes against their personal preferences. But I feel like readers are just selling themselves short if they just close off entire ways of authors expressing themselves. So, right. And yeah. You probably should keep that to yourselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, honestly, honestly, because I'm going to judge you like, 
Oh, I am. Like, I, my, I judge people when they're first, like, mm, I just don't my, do that. Yeah. Really? My first experience with, with novels being published, you know, my detective novels and mm-hmm. it was, I don't know, maybe it was just coming from the horror world where it seemed like there were less rules about that stuff. Yeah. You know, in the crime world, there's a lot of reviewers like, Oh, it's first person present tense. Like, like yeah, what's wrong with that? Like it actually, it works. That's, that's <laughs> as I have best. a book out on sub in that. Right. It's also in the crime world. And my mm-hmm. agent's like, this is going to be a tough sell. And uh, I'm like, why? Well, <laughs> from the writing perspective, you know, as a writer, I decided, I, I thought that that was the best way to tell the story. Like, you know, it's not just like, oh, I'm going to write a second person story or oh, I'm going to write first person present tense. Like, as I'm sure you both know, as writers, you know, everything is a choice. Like, and that choice has to serve the story. So exactly. it really, you know, by the end, like the last conversation yeah, it's only right. going to work if it's, you know, second person, the story exactly. had to be told that way. Exactly. And, and I loved it. And um, I was stumbling over these before with Jennifer, because we've decided we are always going to say something is edited by, or the editor was, because when we say who edited it, it's just kind of <laughs> impossible to We're say. Like, who edited but, that story? And I'm like, yeah. oh, the, geez, the editor so for that one was Blake Crouch. And um, I am a new reader of his mm. because my agent used him as a style comp for me. So I'm like, oh, well, okay. now I got to go find his stuff. And I read Recursion and this had big Recursion vibes. So if people are like, oh, I like that. You need to come read this story because I can see where the two of you are like, yes, let's get our hands on this. <laughs> it definitely had some recursion flavors to it. And I, I loved how it worked here with the characters in the setting. And for people who are like, Oh, I can't read horror. This story isn't horror. This was a speculative collection. The cover is very horror though. I will say that the cover, Jennifer, hold up the cover. I mean, and here, I never thought of it as being too horror. The you know, animals like- have, have like yellow eyes and it's red and it looks like they're devouring each other. Tell me that's not a horror cover. I just have different, uh, uh different or standards. It's, or it's uh, <laughs> Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom uh, Seriously. <laughs> anthology. Yeah. yeah. But, but most of them shouldn't have, oh, I don't know, ominous glowing yellow eyes just as a thing. But yeah, I, I loved because the fact that you used so many different stylistic choices. I love when I get to read a collection that you're doing free verse and you're doing something in second person. And I don't even know how to describe what you're doing in the large man with the repetition <laughs> with, and, and then how you use that to tell the story and how you use that to convey the story near the end. I don't want, again, it's hard to not spoil some of the right. things you do there, but I, I loved that with the, I am, you know, Mr. C does this, Mr. C does that. Mr. C goes over here. I am Mr. C. I went over here. I did that. And I thought that was just a beautiful literary device. And I feel I like. I love repetition in work. Like I do. Oh, well, you. there's a rhythm to it. Then it, it, it to me, it almost becomes a song. Mm-hmm. Right. And like in the best way, like an earworm, like it's mm-hmm. stuck in your head. And, um, and I'm not just saying that because I do a lot of repetition in my work. Um, but I am <laughs> saying it because of that as well. <laughs> but I, And I'm defending it to the death. <laughs> I will fight for my repetition. I will fight but for I, it. Doesn't need to be a rule of three. I can say something four times in a row. No, I mean it has to be at least three though in order for it to have that. Because otherwise, if it's just two, it just feels like. Did you realize that you use this word twice mm-hmm. in a sentence, and then right. the editor flags yeah. it? So you have to have it be enough to be the the poetic repetition, and then you get into like the biblical thing of say it one way and then say it another way, 
where Jewish poetry would do it a certain way. So it's like, it doesn't always have the same rules either, but it has to be enough that people, that their ears and like their brains catch it. Otherwise they're just like, couldn't he have found a new word? Myth. <laughs> and you don't want those people. Those people are yeah. those people are annoying. Yeah. But, uh, but we, if they buy the books, that's great. Oh, that's yeah, fine. yeah, yeah. Book sales did, are great. Um, I want to talk about lemonade. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> or you know, I'm like haunted house like, tour. Oh, One per person. <laughs> this and gave here, me a lot of Paul Bearer vibes. It did. Yeah, it's funny. Like, so I mean, I wrote that. I, I mean, I wrote that before Paul Bearer's Club. It was first published in. Ellen Datlow's Echoes, which is this giant mammoth, like 900 page, you know, amazing uh, anthology of ghost stories. Um, yeah, because uh, not a spoiler, like the the protagonist is very much, if not me, a stand-in for me. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, and sort of this writer who's looking back at what had happened when he was like 14 or 15 because his mom had given him a box of his old like baby and school stuff. And at the bottom of the box was this weird... Uh, picture and that and you know, seeing this picture unexpectedly or drawing that drawing is terrifying yeah my poor daughter <laughs> i know i'm like so this is like the second time she has done something that has inspired a work of horror because her, it's her photo in your yeah. like in your hallway was inspiration oh, for oh, yeah, head full yeah. of ghosts right <laughs> Wait, uh, no there... i think just in retrospect it was like yeah. oh my god yeah, yeah. no this is the uh in there? what's that is the picture in the book uh yeah the 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 draw uh, the illustration yep oh I have Allison. you'll have to send it to me later because yeah. I know I'm like that's right because you listen to the audio right, right. I I should have like flipped through it when I finally found it after I'd already gotten it because the first bookstore I went to didn't have it on the day it came out even though I was bothering people so I just ended up getting it on audio because I am impatient now. yeah I'll no, show I, you the I picture after that, we're done live yeah, show me think, show me later yeah. I think I wrote that story like six geez maybe going on six years ago at this point. Uh, and so that was a picture. <laughs> My daughter, Josh, she's like, Oh, I have nightmares every night, and this and this thing is there every night. Um, and when did she like, start Oh, that's terrible. Can I use this for the story? Yeah, and you're like, Oh, I'm just gonna <laughs> borrow this. Yeah. <laughs> Not even saying something like, Maybe we should sage the house, or or maybe it's something it bothering you at school yeah. that you're you're just like, Oh, I'm just gonna take a photo yeah. of that and commit that to memory. <laughs> And Pretty then much. we'll start. Then we'll start her therapy later. It'll be fine. Yeah. She's she's fine. She's doing fine. Yeah. She's, she's doing she's fine. Not, she just graduated. She's good. She's, she's, yeah. she's healthy, she's normal not girl. Still having these nightmares, is she? She's going to be a studio <laughs> art major. So there you go. She can try new terrifying things for everybody. I love it. Absolutely. I, we, is it we, weird that I saw the 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 drawing and I was like, oh, I kind of want a tattoo of that. And then I'm like, <laughs> oh, but that story really did scare me, like yeah. in my soul. Yeah, but then you're like. Ah, your own body and you know what i look at my own body in the mirror and i'm terrified enough without putting scary things on it on purpose <laughs> well maybe next time uh i'm in new hampshire and emma's with me she because uh, she she's been tattooing for about six months now <gasps> shut up um, i'll let her do yeah, yeah. she can, she can do like, a, a free me, tattoo me, pick me. Me, me i'll just like whatever <laughs> whatever she wants to put on me yeah <laughs> like here's what i was terrified of when i was 12 and you can't see it so you're always trying to like look going what is it? <laughs> did we figure out which one of us is is marjorie and which one of us is meredith yeah max and meredith like <laughs> yeah so matt uh hmm. uh our hosts are referencing <laughs> yeah our, our and if i say weird stuff it's still concussions that's my yeah. excuse that's fine but that's um fine. yeah so uh, you you two are talking about the two main characters of the beast you are novella Mag is a dog and Merith is a cat. Um, mm -hmm. 
and, and this has no overt bearing on the novella, but I did sort of in my head, I was naming them after Marjorie and, and Mary like from a head full of ghosts. Mm -hmm. And I thought it would be finally fun to have, because all the others, I've probably done like three, four-ish, maybe more short stories featuring Mary and Marjorie. Marjorie's mm -hmm. always sort of like the evil-ish kind of character. <laughs> so I thought I would flip it this time, you know, give give Marjorie a chance to be the hero or the good, the quote-unquote good <laughs> person. Like, How dare you? <laughs> like no that's not correct maybe i just i love how they keep showing up and then i always have this easter egg squeal when i'm like i know these <laughs> girls because they show up in growing things and obviously they are the main characters in a head full of ghosts right. and it feels like sometimes it's just them again and other times it feels like it's an homage to them where they are both themselves and a stand-in for themselves and i love that because i don't know really any other author who does that where i can keep revisiting these characters who who had the one story and mm. then they're just like hi again i'm still here yeah. Well, well that was, honestly, that was like my favorite part of Survivor Song is meeting up again with the boys from Disappearance at Devil's Rock. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. you thank you. I love them. I know these guys. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, you also, know, I mean, they give us an answer, but whatever. yeah. Well, <laughs> I'll answer it in a second, but I will say, like, <laughs> that's sort of what Allison like, was just saying. Now. Like, for me, it is fun to sort of go back and visit those characters. Like, it, I don't think I would ever write a sequel to A Head Full of Ghosts, like a full novel sequel. Unless I was really financially in straits. <laughs> so never say never. However, uh, I thought it would be cool because of the nature of Mary and Marjorie's relationship, how they would tell each other stories. I was like, oh, I could still do stories that the two sisters would tell each other. Yes. You know, so one, it would scratch the itch of hanging out with those characters again, but two, it wouldn't impact someone who had never read a head full of ghosts. They'd still right. be able to read right. the story and and the story is the story. Um, yeah. So, uh, as far as who's Meg and who's Meredith, well, I don't know, like what do you no, guys you do tell you consider yourself a dog person or a cat person? That's an important well, question. I definitely I consider that. myself a dog person, okay. but, but I don't, I, but I don't, I don't know what that. Mm. How about, how about Allison? You know, and, and I had both. She's like, neither. Uh -huh. And I, I'm like, what's the weird animal you don't know what to do with? Like, where's the guinea pig just squeaking in the corner? That's me. Um, or the, I'm probably the little frog. Um, but, <laughs> but no, but so I, I said I was going to mention growing things. I, I haven't read any of your work in probably the intended order because I had not heard of you till Jennifer's like, we have Paul Tremblay for Survivor Song. I'm like, you're going to have to explain more than that, sweetheart. And, <laughs> and I'm like, he's out of my automatic I know I've been stalking <laughs> him for years I'm okay and I loved mm. the first book so then of course I'm going and reading things in all sorts of order well, and reading it not and probably in the order I read growing things before I read a head full of ghosts ah. because growing things was available and a head full of ghosts wasn't when I was mm -hmm. like looking for it and then I listened to the author notes and for short stories I love that and I got to the end of growing things I was listening to the, the notes and I stopped listening to the author notes because it's like referencing a head full of ghosts I'm like haven't listened to it yet so I'm yeah. like listening <laughs> my ears up and the the 13th temple mm. that story mm. still sticks with me I feel like I need to go back and reread it now after I've read this other stuff because that one kind of ties in too in that way that it was told again yeah. a very unusual story i know we didn't have you on for growing things and i know you have a concussion do you have <laughs> anything you can tell me about the the 13th temple and if your answer is i have a concussion then i will ask the <laughs> <answer>. <laughs> um yeah it's funny um the, 
So, I mean, that to me almost is like a sequel stand in because you do pick up with adult Mary after, mm-hmm. after the events of the book, you know, it, it's almost a framing device for the story itself where she is at like San Diego comic-con or something. Yes, that was so funny. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, there to, to greet fans and sign books. And then a fan sort of breaks into her room. Holds her um, hostage. Yeah, but she sort Don't of do that, fans. Yeah, no, but she <laughs> sort of flips the tables on the fan. So I mean, if you had read a head full of ghosts, that makes you think about her a little bit more. But mm-hmm. then she tells the fan this weird story that she says the story that Marjorie had told her. Um, I don't know. I, I, uh, I really like that story. That one came from. It started as a story first, the tower story about people mm-hmm. building like slowly towers bigger and bigger in this weird sort of out of time village. Them. Coming down. And, yeah, and Mary and Marjorie sort of showing up came later. I was like, oh, you know, who who's going to be in the story? Uh, Mary and Marjorie. After, <laughs> like, you know, I just had the images of these, like, weird, poorly built wooden towers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, a lot of stories start that way. You have an image and, like, and then the first question I ask, well, who, you know, who's there? Who who's it? in this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Regina's confused. What? Who is flipping the tables now? What did I wander into? <laughs> Me asking off-topic questions to start <laughs> Regina. <laughs> <laughs> there are no off-topic questions here at Vox Vomitus. Yeah, we have the word "vomit" in the title. <laughs> I know. Well, when I've when I've read other stuff, and we we have you on for certain things, but not other things, and I'm like, I have you here. I can ask you the questions now. And my sister, who is probably working right now and will listen to this later, is super jealous because you are her favorite author. Oh, that's and so I'm nice. like, this is the first time that I have introduced her to somebody new. So finally the tables are flipped where the little sister is telling the big sister what to read. She's, oh, cool. she's she's the one who was like pushing me to read things that were too scary for me. And I'm like, I don't want to. And she's like, Stephen uh-huh. King, this isn't that scary. So again, well, thank you. And hi, big sis. Jennifer. Yes. Thanks so. for listening. <laughs> Hello. And hi, like, Dana. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I loved that story and how it, how it was, but I never finished listening to the author note because I was like, ah, head full of ghosts need to go back and yeah. listen. And then I did. And I'm like, okay, I get who's, who's who in the beginning, but the, the towers. And I was like picturing like the Watts tower and some of these other things, these, these basically these monuments that go and serve no purpose other than humanity has this need to build them. And it just, it's one of those stories that sticks with me. And the other one is the one about the birds. And <laughs> that one I think has given me so many nightmares. Oh, wow. Because birds scare me. Jennifer, yeah. loves I send pictures of her. I'm like, look, here's a cocktail. I'm backing away slowly from the bird. <laughs> I'm an animal person. You are, but that story is probably not for animal people. Oh, I know. There are books that I no. just can't do because I'm, I am an animal person. I was yeah. scared of the beast you are because I'm like, oh, no. Because I still am very, um, I have like emotional scars in my brain and in my heart from Watership Down. Mm. Which was one of the inspirations of this book. I know. That's <laughs> yeah. when I read the author notes. I'm like, like that tracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As does The Secret of Nim, because that was one of the ones that was a formative one for me. And then there's another one for me that I don't even know if anybody knows this because it's one that my mother for years convinced me didn't exist. Um, she did that with a lot of stuff for me where she's like, you never saw that. Stop making things up. And then later I would find proof. She's like, oh yeah, you weren't supposed to be watching that. It was pretty much always the answer, which was rock and rule. Did you guys ever, you are familiar with rock and no, rule? No, never heard it's, of that. I want to say it's Canadian and it was done in the really early eighties and I never was allowed to see it, but it was on this show, Lights, Camera, Action, hosted by um, 
Leonard Nimoy. And okay, Regina's like, what about the never ending story? Uh, the horse in the swamp. That's why my child isn't allowed to watch that. And same yeah. reason she can't watch Guardians of the Galaxy 3, even though she's watched everything else in the MCU, because it's like, it's just an extended Sarah McLaughlin arms, you know, arms of the angel, eyes of the angel, whatever. It's, yeah. it's very, very sad. Um, but rock and roll, again, it's anthropomorphic things and kind of this, in that case, like a post apocalyptic world. And hmm. the only thing I could remember was this line. My name is Mock. Thanks a lot. And it's like a little rock star thing. I'll have to send you guys pictures of it later. I swear I am not making it yeah, up. Yeah, sounds really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Small release. It was animated. And people are like, are you sure you don't mean Cool World? I'm like, no, no, that was later. I didn't. What, not Roger. I'm Abbott. shocked that I I don't know this because I feel like being so close to Canada, we got a lot of like. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I want to say it, it had some of the same people in it. I want to say Debbie Harry was in it as one of the Debbie characters. Harry. But I should be making that up. That, that hmm. might be some blondie moments in my head here but but i have a very special place in my heart for like the anthropomorphic animal thing and the way that you created this world in the beast you are where like my brain was trying to track where things were and it could but not ever perfectly because it's it's told over a period of time so people who haven't had it yet it's not like oh it's set in this little slice of time it's Mm -hmm. certain over certain slices throughout years and watching how their society progresses and everything from, oh, they're, they're anti-vaccination and they aren't getting their rabies shots. <laughs> yeah, and we're back to survivor yeah. stuff. Clearly back to survivor. rabies trauma. You have a lot of rabies trauma there. I get it. Yeah. No, nice reference to rabies. Well, no, it's funny. I wish I included, you know, I think every author dreams at some point of having a book that has like a map in it or something. Um, yeah. I think my first star is like, oh, I should have like three different maps, one for each of the third mm-hmm. ends ends of the yeah. 30 year time eight yeah. periods. You can sort of see how the village changes, but after, <laughs> after the, the design ask and mess of the <laughs> Paul bearers club, I think my, my publisher hadn't recovered yet. So I was like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to ask them for maps. You don't, you're not going to do maps <laughs> after you had to have all these things crossed out and little lines. Yeah. Going, like, and in red. Oh. I just hope they recover in time for, a novel I haven't started yet, but I'm thinking about that is going to be another sort of design ask. Uh, and that one's just going to be called Maps, Maps, More Maps by Paul Tremblay. Yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> the, well, door, the says, door of the Explorer novelization. Oh, nice. <laughs> I'm the map. We would probably like that, though. Uh, yeah. Regina says, coincidentally, I'm making cats out of wire today. So, yeah, I mean, if mm-hmm. you want to make the whole book out of wire, that would be a design ask that I don't think anyone wants to do. Like, yeah, so. I'd always ask, I'd always joke that there's going to be sort of like a, you know, an adult book. Until there's one pop-up page that jumps out at you. Yes. Look, uh, they aren't that hard. That, to That'd make. be hard to hide though, because you would uh, you would see like on see the it. outside of the spine. Wait a minute, there's some sort of little gap here. What's that Weird all about? Here. Everybody's doing this in the bookstore. Ah, yeah. But then I think you get more sales that way because people would be like, "I need to know why it is this book is exploding." And especially yeah. if we we could uh, we I'm like your marketing team and me and Allison. <laughs> uh, if the book was like shrink wrapped, like you know, oh, yeah. like old school. Oh, yeah. So then right. people can't open it. <laughs> Interesting. And then they then they're gonna think it's pornography. Yeah, yeah. well, wrong. And that would be very embarrassing for you, oh, Paul, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a pop-up yeah. pornography <laughs> horror novel. Yeah. No. Well, that and the fact that like we've got my career mapped out. I love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a different kind of pop up map. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't do that. Well, it, it brings up the whole thing. Like I said, I listen to it, and whenever you listen to a book, you get some really awesome things about how the narrator is bringing it to life. But you do miss yes. things like there wouldn't be a pop up in the audio unless it's the narrator going, "Hey, guess what?" And there's <laughs> just a jump scare. scare. Yeah, jump scare yeah. in the novel. Like don't 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 do that. I will <laughs> say a word about the audio. Uh, 
you know, I'm glad you enjoyed it. And, you know, my publisher definitely goes above and beyond with the audio sort of versions, you know, because as you mentioned, they got so many different narrators and they brought back some of the narrators from, from some prior books. Like I think grandma Halstead, uh, who, who did art Barbara for the Paul bears club is doing is narrating the opening story, you know, I cross out. Gosh. Um, no. And, uh, Z Sands, I hope I'm saying her first name correctly. It's spelled Z-E. I believe she's the narrator for The Beast You Are. And she narrated um, Head Full of Ghosts. Uh, I don't typically listen. Sometimes I dip in just to see what it sounds like. But I I, I did listen to A Head Full of Ghosts from start to finish on like a long drive to Pennsylvania. Um, and it was, I don't know, it was a little weird. It's like, I mean, I wrote this, really? <laughs> and yeah. then she would she would dip into Mary's voice. And it, was, it brought chills because like, she sounded like an eight-year-old girl. It's like, I don't know how she did it. Uh, so anyway, yeah, no, well, I'm very, listen to too. very fortunate that, you know, so many wonderful, you know, narrator performers, you know, for my audiobooks. Well, and you, you, you mess with different styles in ways that again, wouldn't necessarily translate to audio if they were completely done, because there's one that you have where it's a pitch for a comic book. <laughs> <laughs> and were there any pictures in that part of the book, Jennifer? No. no. Okay. No. But I loved I, it. I wish. Yeah. Describe yeah, yeah. Frame and you're like, but it would be without any of these words. So right. you're, Rain is doing the mental gymnastic of trying to imagine how this would look based on only words saying, yeah. but it wouldn't have any words in it. And I loved that because I don't think <laughs> I've ever encountered something like that either. Oh, thank I you. haven't encountered it as, as a story, but as somebody who, so for years I owned a comic store, I wrote some indie comics oh. and, but I don't draw. So I yeah. would be describing like, it's that process the like, panels, to, the, right. to the artist, like, mm -hmm. It's this. <laughs> like, here's that? my script, but I know there's not any words on these four pages. Mm -hmm. Go. <laughs> Make this yeah. thing. Well, I don't I don't really know how to write a comic script. So my workaround <laughs> was just to have him like describe it like in a pitch, like in a paragraph yeah. form. <laughs> you know, if but I if I, I, think I, everybody if I was writes confident how to do a comic script, I probably would have written it as a comic script. <laughs> um but it still worked. I it mean, still worked. I still I still really enjoyed the story and again. It, it has beasts of sorts in there, but I, I like to have you, how you did different styles for all of this so that it wasn't like, okay, now here's a story set in this place. I mean, you, your different styles, you're at different genres because some of these things are horror and some of them are more speculative and less horror, more just like, what is happening here? <laughs> um, I, I'm trying to find the name um, house of windows. Mm, yeah. I love, I love that story. Even though it's I'm like, like architecture, I, don't <laughs> I don't know what this is, but yeah. I, I like it. And I like how the librarians are just happy. People are in the library. They're like, hi. <laughs> They're like, stop encouraging them. Hi, yeah. come and watch whatever's happening. We don't understand why this is happening. But the premise that you start with of like, that wasn't there before. Was that there before? And that, yeah. that unsettling thing, um, I still have. Like a story I, I probably won't ever write, but I think about is uh, we live in a cul-de-sac and in the cul-de-sac next to ours, it's very similar, except on the far side at the end, there's a house that is two story when none of the other ones are. And then next to it in the property by itself is a garage, just a garage. Just there is nothing else. There. We have no idea why it's there. So I'm always thinking every time I walk by there, like, what is going on with that? And the whole idea of there it's was a, a murder house, garage for sure. It's a murder garage or or that something happened in the house has just been sucked into the world and it's just mm. gone. And you kind of addressed the opposite side of Interesting. there's now just something here and it's just getting bigger and everybody just has to kind of deal with it. Like, yeah. Why is no, this I mean, here? Why is this building here? Nobody knows. Well, Does it you. have permits? 
lights are on. I know. Does right. that have exactly. permits is really does great. Um, no. And there was, I feel like one of the most chilling lines in that story, and this is not really a spoiler is when somebody says that wasn't there before. And somebody else says before what? Yes. And I was just like, like, I just got chills again, just saying it. Oh. I'm like, oh, before what? Oh, it was just like oh. such a heavy question. It's the Mandela like, that could mean anything. And Berenstain right. Bears thing altogether. Yeah. Like, well, who is it there for? And and who is noticing the difference? Because I feel like there are always those little changes in our world. And are we even aware of them? And sometimes the changes have to be big enough for us to notice. And then right. other times we just never saved it correctly in our memory. So it's like, wait a second. When did, when did we change how this was doing that? No, that's always been the way. How come I didn't notice that? And it just, our brains don't record things correctly. And then we ascribe it must be a system fault somewhere else. Not in here. I'm sure for me, it's right. Well, it's like, you know, the observation principle sort of at the non quantum level, whereas the act of observing changes things. Um, it's always, you know, it's just fun to think about and play around with. Awesome. Well, Paul, the book was is fantastic. Thank so you. everybody who hasn't read it or listened to it, go out and buy The Beast You Are or listen Please to do. it or get it from your library. Just get it in your bodies somehow. <laughs> um, you know, we don't need Paul to have to, you know, do some weird book thing just to get money. You've <laughs> like got to buy this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the pop well, you can also go to your library, though. You don't have to <laughs> go to the money. library. Please, libraries are the best. Please use Thank them. You. Libraries, they may have weird buildings next to them. That's right. Yeah. 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 Just, just be, just be careful when you go. Yeah. Well, that's what happened. Like the start of the story was I was visiting my my cousin that I'm very close with, has worked at the New York City Public Library forever. Uh, although she works in the like HR sort of department, she's not a librarian. But I was meeting her there and I was like, and I just had the moment of obviously my brain didn't remember something correctly because there was this building, mm -hmm. a small building next to the library. I was like, what is that? <laughs> I was here like nine months ago. That was, <laughs> yeah. that was, in my memories, like that wasn't there before. How was that there? Why is that there? Um, yeah. So that plus my, you know, my love of House of Leaves, the expanding house. Yes. Uh, is, you know, a fun way to sort of play with that idea, but in a different way. It's, it was great. Thank you. So, and uh, we can't wait for whatever your next book is. I mean, I've, I've, I'm on your newsletter, so I know the title of it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there'll be, uh, since we're talking, you know, a book of short stories, uh, in a month, there'll be a new short story out from Amazon, their Amazon shorts program. Nice. Uh, they're going to, I think it's September 26th. They're going to release what they're calling like creature feature. I think there is there five or six authors. I think there's six of us. Um, they just started announcing it. So I think we can say this. If not, I'll just be like concussion. <laughs> That's your I think you can um, say it. I think you can say it. But like National Book Award winner Jason Mott is writing a story. Uh, and then there are three sort of horror, you know, horror folks, people you would, you know, associate with horror anyway. I think it's uh, Jeff. Jeff. I was going to call him Jeff Mallerman. Who the hell is Jeff Mallerman? Who's Jeff Mallerman? <laughs> That's his brother. Vandermeer. That's his brother. Oh, Jeff. They're Jeff. writing his brother Jeff right now. <laughs> Josh, if you're listening, you should totally do like a Richard Stark you know, Stephen King kind of thing. Jeff Mallerman is your, is your angry doppelganger. You now have I to told Jeff Josh Mallerman. he should write a kid's yeah. book under the name Josh Meowler, man. <laughs> oh boy. And he's like, I, maybe I will. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I know Josh has a story. Uh, Grady Hendricks has a story. And so I wrote a story called in bloom. Um, and we were supposed to take a trope or a known sort of monster from horror uh, as sort of like the basis of one of our stories. Can you see what yours was? Is it Swamp Thing? Uh, I don't want to say because it's a little bit of a 
a spoiler. little bit of a spoiler. <laughs> but it's 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 a star of like a fifties B movie. Um, oh, the like other a fun part double of double feature. Yeah, the other movie. fun part. Well, for me was uh, my dear friend and a brilliant writer John Langan is a major character in the novel, except uh, <laughs> yes. he, he is renamed Jimmy Lang. Oh, nobody will know who it is at all. (laughs) Yeah, I know he's a poet cartoonist on the Cape and he also has a boat and like charters rides and stuff. Yeah. So good old Jimmy Lang shows up. I love how you steal all these people and you're like, and I put him in and they put me in their books. (laughs) So I'm sticking them in my Yeah, Well, John has, you know, done it to me more than once. (laughs) So I definitely owed him. And in fact, I think the last time he did it, it's really, it's a really disturbing, terrifying, frightening <laughs> novella that John wrote. It's the last story in Ellen Datlow's Final Cuts anthology. It's a wonderful book of stories all dealing with movies. Um, it's really good. I highly recommend it. And his is the the anchor novella, Altered Altered You, Altered Altered You, Altered Me, Altered something like that is the title. I'm terrible with titles and concussion. Uh, <laughs> but I'm the main character, except he names me Gaetan Cornishone, which I thought was very cruel. <laughs> Gaetan Cornishone? Yeah. yeah. Cornishone are the little, like, yes. pickles. Little, pickles. little pickles. Yes. And yes. everybody knows how much you love pickles. Yeah. Well. Gaetan is my middle name. Uh, That's what the G yeah. stands for, is Gaetan? Yep. Paul Gaetan Tremblay. It's very French. Very French. Very French. Very French. Oui, oui. Uh, <laughs> It was funny when John finished that story, he was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, cause I do some really I'm awful so things to you and your family. I'm like, no, this is amazing. And actually <laughs> for, in, in that story of his, uh, he's a character too. And we're sending emails back and forth to each other within the story. And like, he so nailed my voice. It was a little bit like, <laughs> I was a little bit self-conscious. I was like, oh man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is that who I am? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so I, I get to do that a little bit to John in the story. Well, it's a huge compliment. In, in, he in tells little, you a little yeah. pickle. <laughs> yeah he got off easy with just jimmy lang yeah that's that's almost complimentary like jimmy it's a little it's a little bit of a diminutive but you didn't call him pickles so right you didn't call him yeah. pickles. there's no pickle anything involved there that we know <laughs> of yet right well and that's that's going to be an amazon shorts i don't even know how to get amazon shorts uh, yeah so i mean if you have amazon I prime i think you get I it do. for free because uh, I know some of the stuff I get, they're like, hey, you want this? I'm like, yes. I don't know yeah. how I got here, but sure. I just click buttons and they show up. So I think Prime members get it for free. Otherwise, you can either buy like the whole bundle of stories mm-hmm. or you can buy each individual story for like a buck ninety nine. Uh that's very cool. Yeah. So okay. it also you can get it through Amazon and audio. So there won't be any print version mm-hmm. uh through Amazon, just the digital and audio. Works for me. Works I for rarely me have time to read with these things. They don't work so good. These. This is how I take my words. <laughs> yeah. That's how I, with the concussion, I haven't been able to, or I, sh- I was supposed to not to read and I wasn't. Um, so yeah, I've been doing a lot of audiobooks in July and into this month. I miss reading the physical book. I've been trying to dip in a little bit, just a little bit at a time. Take your time with it though. Cause honestly, yeah. that's not Be good, good to your brain. That's your Be good maker. to your brain. That's the money maker right there, Paul. Yeah. Whether we're talking about like for people who don't know, Paul's also a math teacher, so that needs to be able to add things up and geometrize or something. True. I know. I, I'll be back in school in just under three weeks now because I had the last year off, uh, which was very nice. Yes, you had your <laughs> so, year. Yeah. Oh, you are going back this year then? I am. Yep. <laughs> He's like, I am. <laughs> I am. Well, my kids went back today, so the fact that you weren't back Whoa. yet worked out for me. Yeah. 
August, yeah, forget that other parts of the country start way earlier than we, we do. Start, we start stupid early, and then it's really hot for the first two months instead of just yeah. a month and a half. But we we stay hot from August till always because it's Southern California and it never yeah. gets cold. I was going to say, I don't think it gets cold where... It really doesn't, but we sometimes are saying November ends up being the hottest month of the year sometimes, and then yeah. it, it kind of cools off for a few months, but... Mm-hmm. So it's it's not any worse having them school in August because it's not better a couple months later. Yay, global warming. Yeah. <laughs> well, and on that uplifting note, Paul, thank you. Enjoy the rest of your vacation. Thank you. you uh, um, I'll say you too. You when you have a vacation. Yeah. I just yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm not going on vacation until November. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but I was just on vacation in July, so it's okay. not like yeah, yeah, I'm not like we'll be here you know. yeah. yeah, so but thank you. Enjoy New Hampshire. Thank you. Um, and everybody who's watching this live or watching it on the replay, stay tuned. Next week we have May Cobb Ooh, here to talk awesome. about. She is awesome. Talk about her recent release, A Likable Woman. And if you remember, loyal viewers and listeners, last time May was with us, she got hot sauce in her eye. Oh, my God. We are and excited that, to see what she's going to do this time. So the bar is raised. Wow. <laughs> like, don't do that again, Mike. No. Please. She's like, in the most Texas thing ever, I've got hot sauce in my eye. Wow. Love it. She's spicy. She's spicy. <laughs> the books are spicy. Her eyeballs are spicy. So, I, I, I can make no claim to spiciness. I'm I'm bland. I'm Gaetan Cornishon. I know. I'm like, <laughs> little pickle. You're a pickle. Oh, someone's just earned himself a new nickname. Oh, <laughs> oh. Jesus. <Yeah. laughs> I was like, why did I tell them that? This interview's over. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. And, and on that note, yeah. this interview is over. We'll bring in, we'll bring in Jeff <laughs> Mallerman. <laughs> Jeff Mallerman and Little Pickle. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>